believe Supreme Court justices who are being threatened, one with his life. Their homes are being attacked with verbal abuse and protesters, particularly those with little children, in violation of federal law, a felony that the Attorney General of the United States refuses to enforce. Busy chasing down parents at school board meetings where he has no jurisdiction whatsoever. Now there's a group that's putting out kind of a hit squad. Uh, They want um, to reward people with actual payments, 50 bucks, if they identify a Supreme Court justice in a public place. And if that Supreme Court justice is still there in the public place, when the goons show up, they'll get another 200 or $250. This does not appear to concern Meritless Garland, the Attorney General of the United States, The U.S. attorneys in Washington, D.C., Virginia, and Maryland, they seem to be perfectly fine with this. They're busy chasing the PGA and other stuff. And uh, the Democrat leadership, including Mr. Negative IQ there in the White House, shuffles. uh, he, uh, He doesn't even comment on it. Instead, we have to keep hearing about January 6th. And uh, and all the other conspiracy nonsense that they're spewing from this committee. I'll be right back. We are at like 40% of our recruitment goals for uh, new enlistees into our military. Um, We're getting ready to let go hundreds of of trained pilots. I mean, think about the taxpayer investment into these these sharp people who are going to be our fighter pilots. They're They're leaving because of the COVID vaccine mandate that's been placed on our troops. We're going to lose thousands of National Guard people. So, so meanwhile, China's doing all that you just described, and we have Biden and Milley and Austin putting in place the policies that are going to kick guys out of the military when we can't even meet our recruiting standards, uh, our recruiting uh, numbers uh, and goals uh, as we speak. It's, it's, it's utterly shocking. And uh, yeah. one more, Iran. Iran is at ground zero now. Iran has the capacity yeah. to make a nuclear bomb. That's where they are. Even the U.N. is concerned about IAEA. Uh, mm-hmm. And Biden's still looking to negotiate with them at the table, and they keep dragging their feet. The Iranians are laughing at us. They're, they've built an alliance with Russia. They've built an alliance with China, military alliance. Putin's going now to visit Iran, visit Iran and Turkey, the three of them. Yeah. How? I mean, no, look at what we had 20 months ago with the Abraham Accords, I and know. look what we have today. <laughs> Abraham Accords, embassy in Jerusalem, building the wall, cutting taxes, reducing regulation, putting conservatives on the court. And I'm just getting started. I mean, the country now sees what a contrast from real leadership with President Trump and his team. Mark Levin, America's think tank. And you can call him at 877-381-3811. Jim Jordan, how are you, my friend? I'm fine, Mark. How are you? I am very, very well. I am very hopeful that the Republicans take the House. I don't believe we mm-hmm. just can assume a landslide. you got to earn a landslide. you got to go out there yep. and grab it and get it. Yep. And if we do take the uh, House Judiciary, uh, people are betting you'll be the chairman. Are there efforts underway now by the Republican leadership to ensure that the January 6th committee 
preserves all records, all information yep. they have collected, and all of their own information as well as that of the staff. So this can be looked yeah, at anew yeah. by the Republican House, assuming you take the House? Yeah, preservation letter uh, has been sent. Uh, you're exactly right. I know you've talked about this, and you're 100% on target. Uh, I mean, we've caught Think about this, Mark. We have caught them in eight different false things they have said. I mean, they lied about Bernie Carrick's travel. They lied about Barry Lauberman doing a tour. They lied about Jenna Ellis. His documents. They lied about Eric Hirschman's note. They lied about the Secret Service. They lied about me twice. Once when I forwarded a text message to Mark Mes- uh, Meadows, they changed all that. They, they they misrepresented me big time when they did, played a video and left out that I was quoting Ruth Bader Ginsburg when I said the ultimate date of significance is January 6th in a presidential contest. And then we find out today that, or yesterday that when they when they interviewed Pat Cipollone, they didn't they didn't corroborate. The statement that, that, that Cassidy Hutchinson made where she said, uh, Cipollone said, if we go to the, the Capitol, we're going to charge all kinds of crime because he didn't say that. So we've mm-hmm. caught him in all these lies and we don't even get to cross examine and look at the documents and, the, and look at the depositions, be a part of the deposition. And we've caught him in that many lies. So imagine how many other false things they're telling the American people. But I think it's important because they've called out at least half a dozen of their Republican colleagues and they've lied about each and every one of you. Uh, I think it's very, very important that their texts, in addition to what they've collected and their emails and their phone records and that of Nancy Pelosi in particular, they say they've called a thousand witnesses. Well, that should be a thousand and one. And that she is also put on the spot where the information is. This isn't a January 6th committee. This is let's go after Trump again committee, isn't it? Totally. And it was that we knew that from the get go. They've been trying to get President Trump since since, you know, before he even got elected, you know, with the FBI, what they did. And they had two impeachments and now this. So, yeah, it's always about the, the, the focus has always been to keep President Trump from running for office. They're not going to be successful. I think he's going to run. I think he's going to win. I hope that's the case. I'm, I'm for him 110 percent because I know when he gets in office, he actually stands and fights for the American people and does what he said he would do. That's what they don't like. They want this town to run, be run by the swamp in the same old, same old. They don't want like someone like President Trump who will come here and do what the American people sent him here to do. Now, Jim Jordan, I watched a lot of this hearing today, which is really very painful. The way it's mm-hmm. all choreographed, they're flailing around, they're trying to figure out why they're there and put together, you know, cut and paste. And here's what I got out of this. Despite controlling the entire process, they're not exactly sure why they're there other than politically and to attack Trump. Yeah. So Trump did not follow the advice to seize voting machines. Trump did not interfere with the, transa- the transition. In fact, he promoted the transition, even though he was making challenges. He didn't use the mm-hmm. military. He didn't use the Department of Homeland Security. Right. He didn't use the FBI. He didn't call. They couldn't find one shred of actual substantive evidence that he called for a violent riot or an insurrection. They have an anonymous Twitter employee, for God's sakes. They bring an Oath Keeper guy in who's pleading, begging to get his sentence reduced or make sure he gets a lenient sentence, who's up there blaming President Trump. He wouldn't have shown up otherwise. What the hell is this? This is a joke. And and they've, they've yet to play the clip where President Trump did say, peacefully and patriotically, make your voices heard. They put up today a draft tweet, a draft tweet that he yeah. didn't even send. Like, you've got to be. And he didn't even write. But, yeah. So, holy cow. No, th- th- this is, you know, today was like, like I said, we've caught him in eight different lies. That's without the ability to cross-examine. And their star witness, at least appeared to me on television, their star witness had a tattoo on his forehead. 
that's the January 6th committee? Okay, I guess. But, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, and I think, again, the American people see it for what it is. And I think it's going to be one of the reasons why that uh, this, this election, this midterm election, again, don't be overconfident, but be confident, campaign confidently. Uh, I think we're going to win. I think there's a chance we win, Dick. Now, work. Work hard. Fight like you're behind, like a, a political yep, operation. I agree. It's a military operation without the weapons. You gotta yep. always yep. always prepare for the worst. And no, that's right. And the Senate. I worry about the Senate a lot, and I don't won't drag you too. into my world. But uh, I think the leadership there is so pathetically weak. Anyway, I want to ask you another question about all this. This January sixth mm-hmm. stuff. If and when you guys do take uh the House and you do have this Judiciary Committee and you hold hearings. Are you going to look into to the, this why into this Hunter Biden? Are you going to look into all these other issues that have taken place that the Democrats have refused to even look at? Yeah, like like the, the 150 uh, cases where the where the Treasury has said there's some suspicious activity going on. These suspicious activity reports, for goodness sakes, my, my guess is the vast 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 majority of Americans never get one. But you got. One individual with 115, he happens to be the son of the vice president of the United States and now the president of the United States. And we're not allowed to see that. This is this is this is Congressman Comer, who's the top Republican on the oversight committee, who's asked to see all that. So, yes, that's something that needs to be examined because that I mean, they don't just do those. That That's because there's big, big amounts of money being moved around in accounts. That that's the kind of stuff that there that gets a suspicious activity flag beside it. Um, that, so that is something that has to be investigated. And, and Congressman Comer from Kentucky, who's the top Republican on the uh, Oversight Committee, is, uh, is committed to looking into that. Let me tell you what's not discussed much. Under the federal Constitution, we have a clause called the Take Care Clause. And it's a requirement that the president and the executive, his, uh, his subordinates, quote, take care that the laws be faithfully executed, unquote. So not only is the president supposed to shape policy, he is to ensure that existing laws in the Constitution are upheld. That's his job, yep. whether he likes the law or not. There's been plenty of yep. Supreme Court decisions on this. He has violated every significant immigration law in the books, not just the Trump policies, the immigration right. laws. He's undermined the administrative law judge process. He's undermined the deportation process. He's undermined every significant legal immigration law we have. How is that not a clear black and white violation of the federal constitution worthy of at least an impeachment inquiry? Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're right. Uh, now, if we, the, the impeachment decision, I think, is it has to be a decision that the entire Republican conference makes if, in fact, uh, we're, we're the American people put us in, in the majority. But you're right. And I always point out and the way you described it, I think you understand this as well. This is intentional. What they are doing, this is not by accident. This is by design. This is premeditated. This is deliberate, what they're doing to our border. And frankly, I would argue the same applies across all policy areas. What they're doing to the price of energy is intentional. They deliberately want to drive up the price of energy because they're so committed to their crazy climate agenda. What they're doing to inflate, that's intentional because when you drive up the price of energy, you know you're going to get, you're going to get record prices in the 41-year high inflation rate that we now have. What they're doing on the crime area, when you have policies that defund the police and, and treat riders and pay riders and looters or peaceful protesters and all the crazy stuff that these district attorneys are doing, you're going to get more crime. So everything is intentional. And you're exactly when you intentionally don't follow the law and create these kind of situations, this terrible environment for the American people. It's why uh, it's why, Mark, that nine out of 10 of our fellow citizens 
think the country's headed in the wrong direction. They think that because it is. And I haven't even got into what they're trying to do to our First Amendment and Second Amendment liberties. So, yeah, I, I, I think we do have to look at that very seriously and make a decision as a conference. And then if we do, full steam ahead, we've got to have the courage to do what we told the voters we were going to do if, in fact, they give us the majority. Communist China is a real threat. I mean, they are a real threat. Their Navy is now larger than ours. They have subs now. They have uh, aircraft carriers mm-hmm. now. They have a serious air force. They have an, virtually an iron grip on the South China Sea and the East China Sea. People don't talk about that across from Japan. They are building bases on the west coast of Africa. They have their eyeballs on the Solomon Islands, where my great uncle fought on Guadalcanal and so forth. Uh, they are contractors to parts of the Panama Canal. I mean, they are on the move. Yep. They are yep. on the move. They are have an alliance with uh, with Iran. And I really don't feel like our leadership is is really responding to this. Even in Congress, they're going to increase spending by $40 billion over the Biden budget. I'm telling you, Congressman, we got to catch up and we got to get ready because these yeah. guys well, mean business. And the sad thing is this administration is going just the opposite direction. I, I, I mean, we are at like 40 percent of our recruitment goals for uh, new enlistees into our military. Um, we're getting ready to let go hundreds of of trained pilots. I mean, think about the taxpayer investment into these these sharp people who are going to be our fighter pilots. They're, get, they're leaving because of the covid vaccine mandate that's been placed on our troops. We're going to lose thousands of National Guard people. So so meanwhile, China's doing all that you just described. And we have. Biden and Milley and Austin putting in place the policies that are going to kick guys out of the military when we can't even meet our recruiting standards, uh, our recruiting uh, numbers uh, and goals uh, as we speak. It's 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 utterly shocking. And uh, yeah, one more Iran. Iran is at ground zero now. Iran has the capacity yeah. to make a nuclear bomb. That's where they are. Even the U.N. is concerned about IAEA. Uh, mm-hmm. And Biden's still looking to negotiate with them at the table, and they keep dragging their feet. The Iranians are laughing at us. They're, they've built an alliance with Russia. They've built an alliance with China, military alliance. Putin's going now to visit Iran, visit Iran and Turkey, the three of them. Yeah. How? I mean, no, look at what we had 20 months ago with the Abraham Accords, I and know. look what we have today. <laughs> Abraham Accords, embassy in Jerusalem, building the wall, cutting taxes, reducing regulation, putting conservatives on the court. And I'm just getting started. I mean, the country now sees what a contrast from real leadership with President Trump and his team. You know, the other thing I told a group the other day, Mark, it never hurts to have smart people in charge. So think about think about the comparisons between Mnuchin and Yellen. Yellen said five weeks ago, I don't know, we're, we're sort of surprised by this inflation. I'm like, how can you be surprised? You spend like crazy, you pay people not to work, and you drive up the cost of energy, and you're surprised that we get inflation? I mean, it, 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 compare Pompeo to Blinken. Compare President Trump, for goodness sake, to, to President Biden. So the, the country sees it, I think, clearly, and they understand what real leadership was that we had under President Trump, and now what we have was the Biden administration. So, and look at um, this Justice Department, by the way. You know, they're investigating the PGA now. They're investigating. I mean, they, they go wide afield. They investigate state legislatures, Republican state legislatures. They investigate parents. I mean, the this PGA is one of the reasons crime is through Arabia, the roof. Right. What's yeah, that? They, investigate the, they announced they're investigating the PGA the week that, that Biden's gone to Saudi Arabia. I wonder if there's any. I mean, I don't know that there is, but you just got to wonder. 
No, it's 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 scary what we see um, from the January 6th committee. That's we never had a committee in the history of Congress like this. To what we see from the Biden administration, the attacks on our First and Second Amendment rights, foreign policy—you name it—they haven't done one thing right. Uh, again, uh, the good news is the country understands that, and the country is going to make a change. We just got to go out and campaign hard and make sure it happens. All right. We appreciate it. Jim Jordan, keep up the good work. God Thanks, bless Mark. you, my friend. You, you too, brother. Thanks for all you do. All right. You too. Take care. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. The Senate Judiciary Committee held a hearing today. Quite remarkable, some of the stuff that came out of this committee. They had, among others, UC Berkeley law professor Kira Bridges, who is a radical leftist. And uh, you wonder why so many law students and then lawyers are nuts. That's why. I know I had to deal with a lot of these professors. You got to go against the stream. You got to fight them. Senator Maisie Hirono is a complete reprobate, malcontent, and miscreant all in one. She hates America. She hates America. I'm going to prove it to you. Here she is at the hearing today, was on C-SPAN. Post-America, Roe versus Wade, that was the hearing. Post-America, Roe versus Wade. Cut to go. Professor Bridges. You noted that Justice Alito chose 1868 as the historical basis for his decision in overturning Roe. And I agree with you. What is so special about 1868? And not only that, with uh, the attitude or the approach of originalism, they, uh, the justices who take that approach go all the way back to our founding fathers and pretend that they know what our founding fathers meant when they drafted the Constitution. I use the word pretend because who the heck would, should, would, would know what our founding fathers meant? Um, is there any reference to AR-15 rifles in our Constitution? No. So uh, you noted that this is an outcome-based approach to our Constitution, and that is what uh, Justice Alito applies. I just wish there was some kind of IQ test before these people could take these positions in government. I really do. And I just wish these law professors weren't tenured. I really do. Yeah, one whack job talking to another whack job, in my humble opinion. Maisie Hirono really doesn't want to know what the Constitution means. She doesn't even want to give it a try. She disrespects the nation's founding. She disrespects the founders, as does Kyra Bridges, in my view. So all this is for naught. But I will, will answer Maisie Hirono. What does originalism mean? These people think they know what the Founding Fathers meant. Well, where the hell does abortion come from? That's not even in the Constitution. 
We know they didn't mean to put abortion in the Constitution because they didn't. That's an easy one. That's actually a very easy one. These are state matters. Now, how do we know it? I have no idea how much time Professor Bridges has taken, Maisie Hirono, probably none whatsoever, studying the Constitutional Convention, studying the conventions in the states, where there are documents available, because I know I've studied them in a number of these state conventions. We know a lot about what they thought. We know a lot about the context of the words that they used. And we know a lot about the environment, the circumstances that existed at the time. What bothers Maisie Hirono and Kyra Bridges is that we have a constitution. Not that it's difficult to interpret. Where there's ambiguity, there's ambiguity. But where there's ambiguity, the court doesn't step in and make the law. We know they didn't mean that. There's a lot we know about the framers of the Constitution of the United States. And it's not just the men who met in Philadelphia. It's the men who met at the conventions in the various states. In the various states, the 13 states. When you hear these ignoramuses go on about it was a relative handful of slave-owning men, white men, of course, white Did I say white slave-owning men who met in Philadelphia? We don't have to abide by what the hell they've said. Where the hell do you think your free speech comes from? And due process and probable cause and searches with a warrant and the takings clause and on and on and on. Where the hell do you think all these things come from? The sky? They don't have them in any other country. It's called the Bill of Rights that was added later. You know why the Bill of Rights was added later? Anybody know? Because those states, which they hate, at those conventions, they had a number of amendments they wanted to add to the Constitution. And the concern was if they start the entire process all over again, they'll never come to a conclusion. So the promise was made when the first Congress meets, they will consider issues raised by the states at their conventions. There was an enormous amount of input from all over the body politic. These conventions were made up of not just state legislators, but people from the towns, people from the cities, people from the farms. They were conventions. Very quote-unquote democratic, if you will, right? And each state had their input. And there was checking and balancing and debate and back and forth. Not just at the Constitutional Convention, but at all the conventions. And so in the end, it was ratified. They needed nine of the 13 states. Eventually, they got all 13. It was a big fight in New York. Big fight in Virginia. Big fight in Pennsylvania. Even a big fight in Massachusetts. The four big states. Which is why we got the Federalist Papers. John Jay. Madison. And the bulk of it, Hamilton. And Hamilton had 
500 books of the Federalist Papers published. 50 of which he sent to Virginia because Virginia was a close call. New York was a close call. And as you know, I had one of those versions that was sent to Virginia and I donated it to the Hillsdale College where it's on display. There wasn't just a handful of white slave owners who did this. And how did they come up with these brilliant ideas? They didn't have a bureaucracy. They didn't have professors whispering in their ears. There was no Karl Marx. How did they come up with these great ideas? Because they looked at ancient history and the present events that were taking place. They were a thousand times more intelligent, not necessarily by schooling, but many were, than Maisie Hirono. They came up with a constitution that limited their own power. Whether any one of them would become president or vice president, or any one of them become a senator or a member of the House, or any one of them would become a justice to the Supreme Court, they limited their own power. They limited their own power. Nobody had ever seen this in the history of mankind. Just as the court in the Dobbs case limited its own power, so we don't have the power to do this. We haven't seen that in decade after decade after decade. Just as Washington chose not to run for president a third time, he didn't want to be an emperor. And there were no effectively political parties when he ran. He was it. Senator Maisie Hirono wants to know how we know what those men thought who drafted the Constitution. I would suggest that Maisie walk across the Capitol grounds one day. She doesn't even need a permit. Over to a building called the Library of Congress. There's shelf after shelf after shelf of books, of manuscripts, of essays, of notes. If she's really serious about wanting to know what the framers thought, in more cases than not, the information is available for her to read. But she's a moron. She's intellectually illiterate. Professor Kyra Bridges, from what I could see, is an idiot lock. And it's not that they don't want to discern what the framers meant, that's for sure, they don't. And in some cases it's quite clear, in other cases it's a little less clear, in some cases we don't know. They don't take that approach to interpreting the Constitution. They don't want to know what the framers intended. They have no respect for them. What does Marx tell them? What do the American Marxists tell them? What did their professors tell them? The world begins today. The institutions either bend to their ends or the institutions can't be justified. They must be destroyed, either literally or through interpretation. 
There, Maisie, I hope I educated you. If I were on that committee, she'd be interrupting me left and right with very, very stupid comments. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Well, we have our buddy Newt Gingrich with us, one of the great thinkers of our time, one of the great speakers in modern American history. Newt, how are you? Very great, and very excited to be with you. Uh, you've had a remarkable impact with your American Marxism book and with your, your continuing, I think, a remarkably incisive look at what's going on in America. Thank you, Newt. And by the way, America, I have been a Newt Gingrich fan since he was a professor and I was a teenager. Not to, not to age you, Newt. I'm not that young myself. But uh, when my older God. brother... My older brother yeah, gave me your first book, which I still have on my shelf. All right, but we have a great book here. It's Defeating Big Government Socialism, Saving America's Future. This is it, isn't it, Newt? It's now or never. That's right. And, and you know, what drove me to write the book is I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to win a performance-based election because they're doing so badly in the Biden administration and the Democratic Congress. But if all you win is on performance, that lets them come back later and say, well, those were just the personalities. The ideas are really okay, and give us another chance. I mean, we've been through this with Lyndon Johnson, with Jimmy Carter. Uh, we, we went through it with Barack Obama. You know, and in a sense, what you have with Biden is a further left-wing version of Obama. Uh, and we want to we defeat the core ideas as well as defeating the people who have such terrible policies at a practical level. And uh, I learned this uh, from Margaret Thatcher, who had set out to defeat socialism uh, starting in 1975 when she became the opposition leader. And she destroyed socialism as an alternative in Britain. Uh, No left-wing labor leader has become prime minister in 40 years. And we need a campaign, and this is the whole point of defeating big government socialism as a book. We need a campaign that drives home, you know, this is not because Joe Biden has cognitive problems. It's not because Kamala Harris has a weird laugh. Uh, it's not because AOC is just plain strange. The things they believe in do not work. They're destructive. They hurt Americans, and they hurt America. And we need to defeat the, the ideas they have as well as the policies. So we need people who are capable of articulating this, right? Whether they're running yep. for office or they're at the dinner table. That's the point of your book. Yeah, I mean, I wrote the book so that every American who cares about the future of the country now has a handbook they can use to talk to their friends and their neighbors, to talk to people, you know, at the local coffee shop, uh, so that you, you can be armed with the facts, you can be armed with the core arguments, and it's astonishing. I mean, if you look at what, for example, Reagan did with cutting taxes, cutting regulations, ending inflation, creating long-term economic growth, then you go through the left ignoring all that, and you come right back with Trump, who basically applies the Reagan model. It works again, and then they, they promptly discard it in favor of high inflation, high taxes, you know, 
an anti-American energy policy. I mean, when you have a, a group that believes oil from Venezuela or Iran or Russia or Saudi Arabia, that's good oil. But oil from Texas or Pennsylvania or North Dakota, that's bad oil. I mean, you have to assume that these people are just basically anti-American. This whole movement uh, really bucking the uh, monopoly in our public school systems uh, is a very, very encouraging movement, isn't it? That uh, we have more homeschooling, more uh, parochial schools, different types of private schools. Parents really now um, sort of uh, zoned in on what's taking place. This is a good start, isn't it? It's a great start. And, and uh, you know, the state of Arizona just passed uh, the first really statewide education freedom yeah. bill uh, and uh, allows people to take the money from the state for their child and spend it in a very wide range of ways. So that, uh, and I like the way uh, Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos put it, she is for education freedom, which is much broader than just school choice. You, you may decide you want to homeschool. You may want to be part of an apprenticeship program. There are a lot of options available in America. The book, it's a terrific book, Defeating Big Government Socialism, Saving America's Future, The Great Newt Gingrich. You can get it on Amazon.com. It just came out. Any major bookstore, I want to encourage you to get it. And he's right. This really is a, uh, it's a guiding light on how to expand our and express our viewpoints and how to confront these leftists. When we come back, Newt Gingrich, my question to you is this. Do you think the Republican Party as an institution understands what's taking place in this country in terms of the, of the dangers that we face? In other words, the opposition isn't interested in debating over policy as much as they're interested in destroying what exists and replacing it all together. When we come back, Newt Gingrich, the book is Defeating Big Government Socialism, Saving America's Future. It's now or never, folks. Amazon.com. You can get it right now, and it'll be delivered to your doorstep tomorrow. I'll be right back. Newt Gingrich is the author of a blockbuster new book, Defeating Big Government Socialism, Saving America's Future. It's available right now, five stars. You can get it on Amazon.com. You'll, you'll receive it tomorrow. It's fresh off the presses. Newt Gingrich, my question to you is this. We need the active participation of this audience, men and women all over this country, if we're going to get this country back and protect its liberty. Isn't that your point? Yeah, I th the key is simple. Uh, the American people, if informed and if aroused, can defeat the radical elites who are trying to take over our lives and take over our country. But it's not going to happen without an extraordinarily difficult fight because they command big corporations. They command most of the news media. They command the Justice Department, the FBI. I mean, you go down the list. It is really uh -huh. sobering uh, how over the last 30 or 40 years, uh, people who are essentially hostile to the United States have become the, the primary dominating factor, even though they're a very small minority. Uh, but they're a very, it's like a religious movement. They're, they're very deeply committed 
to their value system, and they're very willing to uh, punish or destroy the rest of us if that's what it takes. Uh, it's, it's, it's extraordinary. It is extraordinary, and it's frightening. And when you look at the Department of Justice, when you look at the highest levels of the military, the Milley types and the Austin types, the highest levels of the National Security Council and the State Department and so forth, they own those institutions. And it's very oh. difficult to dislodge them, and you take a lot of hell for it. Reagan did, and Trump did. And we have to back our leaders who are willing to take them on, correct? Absolutely. You, you know, when, when you realize that there's a group out there actively offering rewards for people who identify where the six conservative Supreme Court justices are, well, this is totally illegal. It's a felony. And you have a totally political U.S. Attorney General who is doing nothing. You have an FBI which is doing nothing. Uh, and what you have is the most politicized and most corrupt system I think we've probably seen in modern American history. I mean, you know, forget Hunter Biden and the million barrels of oil sold to the Chinese company out of our strategic petroleum reserve, which would normally be an impeachable scandal just by itself. And you look at all these different pieces and you realize uh, we are literally in danger of spiraling out of control. Now, as you pointed out, for example, with parents, uh, we're seeing all over and over again the American people rise up. And, I mean, in San Francisco, the communist district attorney, literally communist district attorney, was recalled with over 60 percent of the vote, despite millions spent to defend him, uh, because people were just sick of it. And I think you're going to see a steady backlash as people finally begin to stand up and assert themselves. But it makes the election this fall really important and it makes winning the argument about what what's really going on uh i think very important this is not just random accidents it's not just because biden is a little foo-foo uh these this is a value system it is a set of, of people who by any reasonable standard are crazy uh and they believe in things that make no sense in the real world uh but because like a religious cult they believe in them they act on them, and they're prepared to punish you uh, if you don't pretend to agree with them. They, they even change the language. They even change uh, thousands of years of reality, or they try to. They well, want their beliefs. The way, the, the, yeah. there's, there's, there's a wonderful irony. This is why, in the yeah. end, these kind of radical groups collapse. Okay. On the one hand, uh, you have a Supreme Court uh, justice now who can't define what a woman is. On the other hand... They are, they are enraged about a woman's right in terms mm -hmm. of abortion. Now, you can't have both. Uh, and no, all it's of bizarre. Sudden, all of a sudden, birthing person disappears and women's rights reappear. Uh, and I think, you know, you, you have a military right now which is spending more time training on the correct pronouns than, than training on how to win wars. Well, that's not going to last very long. It's not possible. But it's going to take the action of millions of citizens who stand up just as the parents you described are standing up and uh, deciding that they're going to change things. You know, you would think a natural ally would be these these companies, but they're not natural allies for the most part, are they? The reason they're not goes to the heart of what happened. 
when places like Harvard and Yale and Princeton and Stanford began to brainwash people into hard left ideas, they produce very smart graduates who then go to become the advisors to corporate CEOs. So you now have in all the big corporations sort of a senior executive class, all of whom are, are basically so far on the left that they're nuts. And I, I have friends, for example, who work in big companies who are afraid to say what they really believe because they'll be fired. I mean, it's, it's the opposite of what you would have thought 20 or 30 years ago. Uh, and I think this is a major problem. And again, it's a sign of how deep the system decayed and how, how difficult and challenging uh, the, the process of working our way back is going to be. On the other hand, you have a news media that's now so blatantly, clearly dishonest and so totally sold out that they have almost no real impact on people anymore. And you actually have you know shows like yours and shows like Sean Hannity and, and the Internet and, and podcasts and a whole range of methods of communication. And there's, there are really two parallel cultures now. Uh, and and as the left has become more openly and and clearly out of touch with with the American people, it's actually begun to be easier to take them on and to ignore their attacks. Is this not one reason why they wish to use Washington to impose their views on the red states or the states that don't conform? Is it not one of the reasons why? They're really angry with the Supreme Court, even beyond the Dobbs decision, because they owned the Supreme Court from their perspective. And that is how elections or no elections, popular or not, they were able to impose their will. Yeah, I look, I think from the time that Earl Warren was nominated and what Eisenhower said was his biggest single mistake in 1953, from that time on until until uh, Donald Trump, it's fair to say that this was a liberal court. <clears throat> and it's fair to say that the left got in the habit of thinking, I will impose on you. You don't want to bake a, bake a cake for me? I'm going to take you to court. Uh, you don't want to say the right words? I'm going to take you to court. You want to try to pray? I'm going to take you to court. And they relied, these were all issues that they couldn't win in a legislative body. They couldn't win in a popular election. And so they became a movement of lawyers. And in fact, if you watch carefully, that's what they're trying to do right now. They, they have an Iranian Ayatollah approach to, to what is actually a very elaborate maneuver to keep Trump from even running again, mm -hmm. because they think they can find a way to create a, a presumption that he was involved in an insurrection and therefore a presumption that he cannot be allowed on the ballot. And it's, it's a classic, once you're the lawyering party, and, and you think you have to use the law because you can no longer trust the people. You get into these kind of really nutty, crazy behaviors. Well, what Trump did, which is one of the, you know, by itself would have justified his presidency, is the appointment of, of the right kind of solid, conservative, serious Supreme Court justices changed the entire balance of power in the jurisprudence of the United States. And you're a lawyer, you know much more about this than I do. But the result is all of a sudden, if you're a liberal, everything you thought you had gained in the last 50 or 60 years is up for grabs. And the reason the Dobbs mattered so much to them was 
if if this court had the courage to overthrow Roe versus Wade, which which is not historically uh, unique, it had been done several times before, uh, and you and you do have every right to go back if you think a decision was wrong and change it. Uh, but if they had the courage to do that, who knows what they're going to do next? And so every left wing group now is is terrified and is is beginning to fantasize nightmares about what the Trump court's going to do. That's Newt Gingrich. The book is Defeating Big Government Socialism, Saving America's Future. Folks, I would encourage you to get a copy immediately on Amazon.com. It'll be delivered to your door tomorrow. Uh, Free delivery if you order within the next three hours, as as I understand it. Defeating Big Government Socialism, Saving America's Future. This is a kind of message that needs to get out. It needs to get out. It's very, very important. Because, Newt Gingrich, we can't win every election. Even if we have a landslide this cycle and with the presidency next cycle. Right. Your point is we got to fight not just politically but culturally, right? That's right. We have, we have to win the cultural argument that they're wrong. And that's what Thatcher did. And, and she destroyed socialism as an alternative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think we have an opportunity to have the same impact this year in America because they're doing such a bad job. But if we tie bad performance to bad policy, we can educate a generation and potentially set the tone for the next two or three generations. All right, Newt Gingrich, I can tell you're under the weather. I want to thank you for coming on the program, Defeating Big Government Socialism. I want people to know it's not only tough to write a book, it's tougher to talk about the book in a hundred different forums. So... uh, I want to thank you, Newt. Good good Glad job. Great it. job, as always. Thank you. Take care. You too. Amazon.com, Defeating Big Government Socialism, Saving America's Future. It is a great book. It reminds me a little bit of the Conscience of Conservative book by Barry Goldwater, which was a fantastic primer. Or is it primer? It's both. When I say primer, it's a fantastic primer for conservatism. This is a fantastic primer for what's going on in this country and what you can do about it. Defeating big government socialism, saving America's future. Newt Gingrich, I encourage you to go on Amazon.com. Am I all caught up or not, Mr. Producer? We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, folks, uh, Newt Gingrich is really a very unique person. He's a brilliant, brilliant thinker. Very much a modern philosopher for conservatism and an activist. And people like that don't come along all the time. I can think of a handful of them today. And I just want you to keep that in mind. Because we're not on this earth forever. And sometimes we're among people who are really, and we're fortunate to be among them, who are really remarkable and unique. And I think Newt is one of them. Thomas Sowell is another. And I can go down a list. It's not a long list. But I always enjoy talking to Newt. And you could tell he was a bit under the weather. But I I enjoy having him on TV. I enjoy having him on radio. But most of all, I enjoy reading what he writes. 
And uh, this book that he has out now, I, I cannot encourage you strong enough to get your copy. It is a great Newt Gingrich book. And as I said, kind of grew up with Newt Gingrich. The book is Defeating Big Government Socialism, Saving America's Future. Walter Williams was another recently passed. It's very upsetting, isn't it? Milton Friedman. Bill Buckley. William Rusher. And there were others. But Newt Gingrich is in there. And um, it's important that we listen to what he has to say and the way he says it. Uh, And he was a fantastic speaker who came under horrendous attack. They tried to destroy him too. Look, they try to destroy all of the people who you and I admire. Destroy them during their lives and or after their passing. We've covered a lot today, ladies and gentlemen. We've had great guests. I can count on one hand how many times we've had three guests. Right, Mr. Producer? But all three of them, just fantastic. I want to encourage you to to get that song. To go online, you can go on our social sites. It's all there. It's very, very important. Can One Man Save the World by John Odrosnik. He's absolutely great patriot. Newt's book, Defeating Big Government Socialism, Saving America's Future. You're going to love that book. And, of course, Jim Jordan, a tremendously important voice on Capitol Hill. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel. Our truckers, Ukrainian brothers and sisters, and you. I'll see you tomorrow.